Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Beth coming at you from my closet in North Carolina. Hey, this is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. How you doing? Oh, good. How are you doing? I am fantastic, actually. I have to tell you, I this is so random, but I just was looking at these cowboy boots on the internet on Facebook, and I love them. They're so nice. They're pink cowboy boots. I'm going to get them as a... Um, teacher gift (laughs) and so because I looked at them this place I'm going to tell you right now how many times they've texted me they have the best marketing team ever they have texted me eight times texted text or well messaged me Facebook messaged me are you still thinking about placing this order here's a coupon for 10% off which I might use by the way but yeah they're hardcore marketing. You've left something in your shopping cart. Yeah, I know. We need to get on that. Yeah, for real. Did you Southern- mean to listen to this podcast? You should. <laughs> Here's a code to get free listens, even <laughs> though it's always free. That's right. We're always free. I want to bring that up to people, by the way. We are a free podcast. And don't free hate it's on con- us. Free entertainment, guys. Come on. I mean, that you can freely click off of if you don't like it. So, and listen as you are teaching your children at home. Just keep one in the ear. That's what I do. Oh, no. You don't have to, you know, tune your kids out. Just mom life. Yeah, for real. I do. I was vacuuming today. And so I had a earbud in one ear and the vacuum going. And apparently there were people needing assistance. And, <laughs> <laughs> so it ended up, I think my husband ended up like calling me and I'm like, Oh my God, what's going on? I turned the vacuum off, like <laughs> click my earbud. What? He was like, the kids need some, you know, he can't move. Right. Cause he just had knee surgery. So he can't help them at all, but he can report mishaps to me. So <laughs> I couldn't hear anything. So it was very blissful. <laughs> Seven minutes. So you get a oh, phone my. call. Yeah. From your husband like, in the other room. Interrupted. Well, I'm like, I'm not even doing anything fun. I'm vacuuming. <laughs> we can also talk about, we're talking about social media, how many times each one of us have gotten the tweet by uh, Adam Great. Adam Great? Mm-hmm. The Adam yeah. Great tweet. If I ever get murdered, I want two white women with a podcast to solve it in their free time. Us. He wants us. That means us. He was like, dear crimes and closets. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is a, it's a big thing, right? Us white women. Yes. <laughs> Two white women with a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Here we here we thought we were novel. Well, Adam Great just I had outed three us. people separately send that to me. Mm-hmm. On, I believe it was the same day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I think and it was all from the same account. I think we decided because I had several people also. Yes. Tag me in it and send it to me and it's funny we appreciate it no I know because you know it makes people it makes me realize that there are people that are aware of what we're doing yeah out there solving they think of us <laughs> they're like we know two white people with the podcast that solve crimes yeah <laughs> clearly talking about them I know we're the only ones <laughs> we love our listeners yes we are bomb we yeah all right I'm gonna uh tell you a crime story today 
Well, about two white right. women. <laughs> For real? Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm taking you back to Florida today. Oh, yes. Uh, I am. old state. The good old state of Florida. And um, this case was recommended to us by a sweet listener named Michelle. And I love this case. It's, I feel like, more well-known than the last mm. case I did in Florida. You may have heard about it. It is the murder of Kelly Brennan. Hmm. I'm not good with names. So it's like I know. when you get well, into the details and I'll be like, oh, I know that. Right. And I know it's annoying too sometimes because we don't associate crimes a lot of times with victims. Mm-hmm. We associate them with the murderer. Right. Which, like they, oh, their name is always um, the one that we always hear about. Yeah. Which it's I hate. Like one of the bigger injustices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. I know. And I always like to talk about the victim because. So let me tell you about the victim. Okay. Kelly was born in 1963. She had four sisters. She was very close to her family. Super beautiful girl. Again, I feel like these Florida people, really beautiful, blonde hair, blue eyes. She loved to be on the water. She loved to kayak. Kelly had been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, Mm. which is a autoimmune kind of neurological disorder that affects your function, I guess, and and hits people in a lot of different ways. But despite that, she was really, really active and very admired for this, actually. She was an avid cyclist, and she actually had a cyclist team called Kelly's Heroes, Mm. and they would run charity races to raise money for the – MS Society. She worked as a recovery nurse at a local hospital in Melbourne, Florida. Oh, I have friends in Melbourne. She did. And she was very committed to her patients. She lived in Indy Atlantic, Florida, which is not far from Melbourne, just a couple miles outside. She was married for six years to a man named Gino Rallo. And he was a restaurant manager in the Melbourne area. He had three children, and she was a stepmother, a very good stepmother to the three children. Super sweet lady. She loved to host parties. She had lots of friends. She, like one of her coworkers kind of describes that in her wing of the hospital, it was kind of like they called it Kelly's wing. Because she was just so committed to her patients that she would just like set up shop for them and just have like to make it a warm, friendly, sweet environment. And she was just beloved. She was a really sweet lady. Super, super beloved. So in like the early 90s, while she was still in nursing school, she met and became friends with a lady named Sheila Trot. Okay. Trot. Okay. Sheila Trot. And Sheila was married to a man named Dan and Gino, Kelly's husband, and herself, kind of all four became close friends. Okay. So Sheila was a realtor that lived in Florida and she, she was originally from Canada, but she came 
to Florida because she studied oceanography and she actually worked at a, as a dive instructor. So Sheila and Kelly both kind of bonded over their love for the ocean. Hmm. And they loved to be around the water and do things that were active on the water. And Sheila's husband, Dan, was an airline pilot. And he actually, in 2002, was mayor hmm. of Indy Atlantic, Florida. It's and they had It is interesting. And they had two boys together. So it was like this, you know, little two little power couples that, you know, this nurse and this restaurant owner in this small town and then this pilot and um, realtor who was, you know, an ex-mayor, the pilot was the ex-mayor, were just friends. And they, you know, had kids similar age and, you know, just like little, little buddies. They didn't see each other all the time. Like they didn't hang out constantly like our, mm. like we did when you lived here. <laughs> like all of you no but you know occasionally they would go out to dinner they would have family things together barbecues they would again you know Sheila and Kelly would do ocean things and good friends right okay had been friends for 20 years so in 2009 both Sheila and Kelly actually were going through marital problems So Kelly and Gino were having some problems and issues that, um, and they were kind of going through a divorce that seemed to be somewhat on the contentious side. I think there's reports that it had been going on for like close to a year. So it kind of started in 2008, bleeding into 2009. Sheila and Dan were also going through problems and Sheila had actually suspected Dan of cheating. Hmm. He would quit wearing his wedding rings and you know, traveled. And so there seemed to be some some suspicion of infidelity. So Dan had moved out and was no longer living with Sheila and ended up joining the same cycling group as Kelly. Ooh. And the two of them who had been friends for 20 years and were both separated from their spouses began dating Mm, so, as you can imagine, this did not go over well with Sheila, the wife, and Gino, mm-hmm. Kelly's husband. So, contention started to rise. And in early 2010, it is reported that Gino actually showed up to Dan's house with a tire iron. What? Yeah, and physically confronted Dan. And there are photos of this, oh well, of Dan, and he had like bruising and swelling to his face. Oh gosh, it did not go well. Um, there's reports that he also fought with Kelly. Kelly did not live with Gino anymore at this point. She actually had moved out and was living with a roommate, and her and Dan would actually fairly frequently or at least a handful of times receive voicemails from Gino that were threatening mm. in nature, especially Dan. They were very like, you're not going to break up my marriage. Why don't you go come confront me? I'll, you know, do some things. Not nice. It was bad. And at the same exact time, Dan also was kind of going through a, you know, contentious time with his wife, Sheila, because Sheila is like, you're dating my friend. Not cool, bro. Okay. So on Monday, February 15th, 2010, 
Kelly leaves her shift at the hospital, and on her way home, she calls her boyfriend, Dan, and says that she has a training appointment at the gym at 9 o'clock p.m. that night. Dan, who again is a pilot, is on a layover on his way home, and he says, well, I will be there shortly, and I'll meet you at the gym, and we'll catch up. So Kelly goes home. She changes into her gym clothes. But then Dan gets to the gym around 9.15 and there's no Kelly. He can't find her anywhere. So he kind of looks around for her and he runs into her trainer who says she never showed up for their 9 o'clock appointment. So she's late. Mm. So Dan is very concerned about this. He calls Kelly. She doesn't answer the phone. He calls her roommate and her roommate says... I'm home. I just got home. She's not here and her car's not here. And I haven't heard from her. So he gets really worried because remember, Kelly has MS. Mm. And so he's very concerned that she has had an episode, possibly while driving, that has caused some type of an accident or something. And she needs help and isn't able to get any help for herself. So he actually calls police to see if there's been any accidents reported. He calls hospitals to see if she possibly has been admitted or put through the ER of any hospitals, and he just, they can't find her anywhere. Hmm. He calls her friends. None of her friends have heard from her or seen her. So at 11 o'clock that night, he reports her missing, or someone reports her missing, actually. I don't know if it was him or if it was her friends. It's not clear who it was, but somebody reports her missing at 11. Then, randomly, at 11.15, Dan's son calls him. His son says that his mom, Sheila, who is Dan's estranged wife, is having some kind of an episode. She's having like a seizure of some sort, like a a medical issue or something of some sort, and they had called 911. And so Dan, in the middle of all his chaos, goes to their house to check on his children. And he doesn't go in because... I don't think that they're in a place where he can just go into her home. But they, you know, he stops and the boys come outside. The two sons come outside and they say that their mom had left earlier that day to go to Walmart. And she came home, but it was like way later, like four hours later. And she was acting very strange and she started shaking and talking nonsense and just was not right. And so they called 911 and the paramedics came and they found nothing medically wrong with her and Sheila didn't want to be taken to the hospital, so they left. Hmm. So Dan's like, well, that's crazy, but I got to go because my girlfriend's missing. So if you guys are good here, I'm going to see if I can't go find Kelly. So he leaves to like retrace Kelly's steps. So he goes to the hospital and takes the drive that she would take home to see if he can find her or her car. And then he takes the drive from her home to the gym. He's like calling her friends. He's meeting with her friends. They're all kind of like staying awake, holding watch to see if they hear from her, if anyone else hears from her, you know, just super worried. So like an hour later or so, so this is around midnight at this point, one of the sons, Dan's son's girlfriends, calls 911 again. And says that Sheila, again, is having a seizure. She's having, there's something wrong with her. She's having an episode. And this time, paramedics take her to the hospital. 
because they're like, this is the second time we've been here in two hours. You know, you're going to have to come with us. So they take her to the hospital. Again, they find nothing medically wrong with her. They release her and her sons and one of the son's girlfriends takes her home. They get home about 2.30 and they go to bed. Meanwhile, Dan is still awake, still trying to find Kelly, waiting to hear from her. At 4 o'clock in the morning, Sheila wakes up screaming and crying, yelling at her sons that something bad has happened, something terrible has happened, and they are like, Mom, what the crap is going on with you? So they call Sheila's mom, who Hmm. lives nearby. They call in the mama. So she comes over and Sheila tells her that she was having a nightmare. She's having this nightmare. She keeps seeing Kelly and her face and something is wrong. Something bad has happened. So around seven o'clock in the morning, a 911 call comes in from Sheila's mom. Her name is Margaret. So you can listen to this entire call. I would have loved to have been able to play it because this is really interesting, but it's too long. (laughs) Mm. Long story short, she says, my daughter is telling me something bad has happened. There's been a murder. I think there's been a murder. I think that my daughter has murdered someone. What? And the 911 caller is like, well, you think you're daughter murdered someone who did she kill and she's like I don't know I don't know Kelly meanwhile Dan is hearing all of this information come in is still looking for Kelly there's no sign of her and he and Kelly's friends start to connect these two crazy dramas and I'll tell you what happens right after the break Okay, so the police come to Sheila's house, and they question everybody. The son tells the police that Sheila had left to go to Walmart at about 6 or 7 o'clock that night, and she came home four hours later. That's a long Walmart trip. No purchases, by the way. That's long for no purchases. <laughs> I know. If I'm at Walmart for four hours, like... Somebody needs to get back because I'm well, Maybe she in. was just getting video footage for, for all of the Walmart memes that are out there. <laughs> She's the one. She's the <laughs> one. What happened at Walmart? Okay. So when she comes home four hours later with no purchases, they're already like, well, that's weird. But then she's acting super strangely, right? So they go through the events of the night, going to the first you know, 911 call and then to the second 911 call and then to her waking up at four o'clock in the morning saying something bad's happened. And they're like, who's Kelly? And they're like, well, Kelly is an old friend of my mom's and it's my dad's new girlfriend. Okay. So Dan shows up because then they call him and they're like, Hey dad, the police are at our house now. We think something happened with Kelly. And he's like, yeah, Kelly's missing. I'm coming over. Like what's Mm. going on here? So, Dan, you know, tells the police everything. And he tells the police, yeah, Sheila does not like the fact that we're dating. You know, and Gino doesn't either. So it's not good here, guys. Y'all need to be, what's going on? So they question Sheila. And Sheila says that she had a dream. 
that she saw everything was black, but she saw Kelly's face and that she believed that Kelly, she kept seeing a sign for a beach called Mark's Landing, which is in mm. Melbourne. Mm. And other than that, she, she doesn't know anything else. She doesn't know where Kelly is or what happened to Kelly, but she keeps seeing her face and darkness and that Kelly's upset or angry. And she keeps seeing Mark's Landing, a sign for Mark's Landing. During the time that the police are questioning her, Sheila's divorce attorney calls. And so Sheila's like, I can't talk to you right now because I'm being questioned by the police. And he's like, um, quit talking to them. So at the advice of her attorney, the questioning is then terminated. Okay, so the police are like, so Dan, he's like, my girlfriend is missing and she's saying that she's had this dream where my girlfriend is on a beach called Mark's Landing, y'all need to go look there. Mm -hmm. So they do. They send a helicopter to do an aerial search of Mark's Landing. And within minutes, the pilot sees legs sticking out of a bush on the beach. So he lands the helicopter and runs over. He finds a white female in workout clothes and sneakers, deceased in the bushes on the beach in Mark's Landing. So they then confirm that this is Kelly Brennan. She is pronounced dead at the age of 46. Hmm. So here we have clairvoyant Sheila has just saved the day and found Kelly. <laughs> yeah, saved the day. <laughs> okay. So the evidence. They find blood on the ground in the parking lot area leading to... Like down the beach, leading to where Kelly's body is found. Kelly has sand on the back of her head and on her back, but no sand on the bottom of her shoes. Mm. So they believe that she was killed somewhere else and dragged there after she was already deceased because she didn't walk mm -hmm. on the sand. The cause of death is listed as blunt force trauma to the head. She had 12 to 14 lacerations and contusions to her head and face. Mm. So this was a rage-filled murder. The murder weapon was believed to be a hammer. Yeah. And her time of death was listed as between 7.45 and 8.15 p.m. the night of February 15th. So she's found early morning on the 16th, okay. the night before that. So they know. And then this is based on phone calls that she had made. Right. So I think she had made a phone call at like 745 and was on the phone for a couple minutes and then never got to the gym for her training appointment. So this window is based on the autopsy and then as well as evidence that they got from like phone records and things like that. And how far, do you know how far this was from the gym? Mark's Landing? Yeah. No, I don't actually. Okay. I know curious. that it was Cause she 11, had a, 11 miles from Sheila's house. Mark's okay. Landing was 11 miles from Sheila's house, but I don't know how far it was from Kelly's but She had house. like a 9 p.m. 
um, training appointment. So right. that's why they say 845, I'm assuming, because right. the time that it would have taken her to get there. But Right. Yes. Okay. okay. So the police interview because they're doing their job. So they interview Kelly's estranged husband, Gino, who is distraught. Like, cannot believe that this has happened to Kelly. He is so upset. He didn't wasn't acting strange. They don't feel like in any way he had no signs or marks of like a struggle or defensive wounds on his person. And they actually ended up finding like CCTV footage and like surveillance footage at the, t- the time that they believed the murder window was that he was at like Blockbuster and Walgreens and like his whereabouts are accounted for and where he said he was during that time frame. That's exactly where he was. Mm-hmm. So he's actually ruled out fairly quickly as a suspect. So on February 17th, which is the day after they find Kelly, they find her car And her car is parked in a condominium parking lot, kind of like abandoned. They find blood on the outside of the car on the passenger side. And then on the inside seat and floor of the passenger side. Hmm. The blood is confirmed to be Kelly's and it is a half mile from where her house is. So not far. Mm-hmm. So they start interviewing Kelly's neighbors and her neighbors report seeing a blonde woman and a white SUV outside of Kelly's home on the evening of February 15th. Sheila is blonde. Sheila has a white car. They said that this woman had a flashlight and was kind of like in her lawn driveway area. So now they have ruled out Gino as a suspect. They've ruled Dan out as a suspect because Dan was looking for Kelly. They have an eyewitness account that puts um, Sheila at Kelly's house. And then they have Sheila's pretty much confession. (laughs) I have a crazy state. Told him where the body was. Right. <laughs> so on February 17th, they arrest Sheila Trot for her, the first degree murder of Kelly, and she is held without bail. Okay. While Sheila is in jail waiting for trial, she writes her friend a letter. And this is a 22 page letter. I know. What? I know. Who writes a 22 page letter? Right. Sheila. Yeah. I mean, when you're in jail, I guess you don't really have a whole lot to do. But she says in her letter that her dream, air quote dream, was actually a memory. So she now claims that on the night of February 15th, she went to Kelly's house to confront her because Kelly kept driving by their home looking for Dan. And while she was at her house, she sees Kelly on her lawn arguing with a man. The man hits her, puts her into her car, her own car, and drives her to Mark's Landing. And Sheila follows behind and then dumps her body. 
Sheila was then in shock and goes home and says that she essentially had a mental breakdown because of what she just saw. But she has no idea who this man is or like doesn't have a description of him. Um, I don't know if she listed a description of them. I was not able to read the letter Mm. that she wrote. Um, the impression that I get from other articles that I read is that she wants it to be Gino, Kelly's mm. husband. That's never said. It's just implied. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's true or not. Again, I could not read the letter, so I, d- I can't speak to what it says, mm-hmm. just to what was reported that it said. So, Okay. <laughs> So her trial begins on September 5th of 2014. The prosecution believes that Sheila actually is the one who, and they say this, laid in wait. (laughs) (laughs) It's a technical term, legal term. In Florida, apparently, by the way, Mm. mostly used. That she attacked Kelly in her driveway while she was leaving to go to the gym put her in her own vehicle, drove her the beat, to the beach, dumped her, abandoned her car a half mile from Kelly's home, and then walked back to her own car, which they believe was parked at Kelly's mm. because of eyewitness accounts. So the defense claims that Sheila had no defensive wounds on her. There was no DNA. There was no blood, no fingerprints, no murder weapon, and what they believed to be no motive. Mm. Well, I don't know if you can say no motive. Sheila claims that she actually set Kelly up with her husband, Dan, because she thought that they would get along and they already knew each other and they were interested in similar things. And so she suggested that Dan join Kelly's cycling group because Kelly was her ticket out of a bad marriage. What does Dan have to say about that? Does Dan say that that's how Dan's, things went down? No. Hmm. But this is what Sheila says. The defense also brings up that, which I feel like this is... Um, Something to think about. Sheila is actually 30 pounds lighter than Kelly. And so they do bring up that it would be very difficult for somebody who is 30 pounds lighter to attack a lady, kill her, drag her into a car, and then dump her, like get her out of the car, drag her to a beach, and leave her. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think adrenaline is obviously a magical thing and we can't that doesn't rule her out in my opinion Mm -hmm. but they that's part of their defense during the trial um based on advice from her counsel sheila does not testify in her own defense so this eyewitness account of the murder taking place is actually never entered into evidence Mm. however Sheila's sons testify against her. What? And in a bombshell testimony, one of her sons tells that they actually left the hospital after the paramedics took Sheila to the hospital after 
911 call number two. And she is bringing up this, she's had this dream and she keeps having these dreams or visions or whatever of Kelly on Mark's Landing. And they're like, mom, let's just drive to Mark's Landing. Go look around. You can see that there's nothing there. And then we can all go home and go to sleep. So they do, but they see Kelly's body. (gasps) Sheila then directs them to an abandoned parking lot because I guess she was having visions. I don't know. It's not really clear why they go to this parking lot. It's because of her instruction, but I'm not sure why. And they find a Publix bag, which Publix is a grocery store. Uh, I love Publix. I know, right? It's the friendliest (laughs) place to shop. Um, with Kelly's wallet in it. Okay, so this Publix bag and Kelly's wallet were never recovered. But this report is coming from her son. And her sons at the time reported that they were just like, you're going to have to deal with this, mom. Like, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what happened. We don't know what kind of situation that you are in, but you're going to have to deal with it. We're out. Mm. We're going home. So- they left the public's bag with her wallet there? It's not clear. It I don't mm. think so because mm. it wasn't ever recovered. Mm. So I don't know if she brought it with her. I don't know. It's not clear what that was. They never found it. So they don't know what happened to it. So her son's testimony. I mean, hello. <laughs> Coupled with the 911 call from Sheila's mom, which basically say... My daughter said she murdered someone. I think it was Kelly. Damning evidence. So after three hours of deliberation, Sheila Trott was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison. Hmm. Sheila still to this day loves to give interviews, by the way, and claims that she was an eyewitness who was convicted as a murderer because she spoke up trying to help her friend. Oh, my Lord. So she is appealing her conviction in hopes that her story will be told. Lord have mercy. Come on. Ba-dum-bum. She did it. I don't care what she <laughs> says. <laughs> you don't think she was a psychic? No. Visions? No. Uh-uh. I don't. I don't really believe many of those psychics out there. <laughs> well, I definitely don't believe Sheila. Well, no, I don't believe she's a psychic faux show, but, <laughs> but this is what she claims. She claims that she, I don't know, man, me and you have spidey moments. Maybe if you got murdered, you would send me. <laughs> okay. Yes. There's <laughs> spidey moments, but I don't know that there would be like, um, you might have a spidey moment in, se- in the sense of, oh, something happened to Christy. Something, something's wrong. But would you know where my body was? <laughs> right. <laughs> See your face. And I can tell you that me and you would probably have a breakdown in spidey connection if you were dating my husband. Uh, well, yeah, I was about to say, like, <laughs> first, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> wouldn't date your husband. You wouldn't date mine. I mean, right. Let's just let's put that out there right now. <laughs> yeah. Girl code. Girl code. <laughs> but, oh, gosh, there's no. Hmm. She she regretted what she did. Like, it was probably a, a moment of insanity 
she mm-hmm. was pissed off and then went crazy because she's like, oh, my God, I just killed my best friend. Well, they weren't best friends. I do feel like we or, should. We're talking about it like because we're best friends. and But they okay. were not best friends. They were friends and had okay. been friends for 20 years. But it wasn't like they were like great bestie friends that saw each other all the time and all right, that right, kind of stuff. Okay. So, all right. Well, it was, so I killed They somebody. were friends enough. Yeah. They were friends <laughs> enough to where it was very upsetting that the husband's, you know, that the two of them were together. Mm-hmm. Both right. both spouses were very upset about this, mm-hmm. so reportedly. Yeah. And they never did find that murder, murder weapon, which I think is really interesting. So it's somewhere with the public's bag and Kelly's wallet, I guess. Yeah, right? Mm. I'll look in every public's bag I see. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Go look on Mark's landing. Thing. She probably threw it in the ocean. Well, that's that's true. Mm-hmm. It's entirely possible. Right. Yeah. Gosh. Well, man, who the hell knows? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome what back to Florida. What the heck happened to that? Yeah, Florida. Let's we'll chalk it up to this happened in Florida. Florida, <laughs> the craziest state. I don't know. World, North Carolina is getting up there for me, but I don't know. They're weird. Florida and all their stuff that happens crime, schools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. Anyway, well, that was a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that one. You're welcome. <laughs> and thank you guys for sharing us with your friends, which I hope that's what you're doing because yes. um, we have had a little bit of traction lately. We're going getting some listens. So I hope that you're sharing it. If you're not, share, share away. <laughs> Tell a friend. We want some listens. And um, we just would love to hear from you for any reason whatsoever. If you want to give us some updates on any cases that you have researched or that you personally know about and you want to give us an idea of a case, we've had some of those coming our way. Um, Feel free to reach out. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Email us at crimesandclosets at gmail.com. We don't get a whole lot of emails, so email us. <laughs> <laughs> you can even find us at anchor.fm and um, send us a voicemail, which yeah. we would love to have. And Ooh, hear we'll play from it. You. Yes, we will play it. Come on, send us a voicemail. And, um, you know, just check us out on Apple and give us a podcast rating, review, whatever. Give us some love. We love to hear from you. And just always remember, the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closets. Bye, guys.